0: So, welcome to another episode of Square Talk, the podcast for Freemasonry in and around Leicestershire and Buckland. This week, we have two very special guests with us who have been on before: the Provincial Grand Master Peter Kinder and the Provincial Grand Secretary Paul Wallace. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Good morning, Richard. Hi. Hi. Now let's start with something a little bit different to Masonic. What do you think about Leicester City being top of the league? Then is this another title-winning side we've got?
1: <laughs> what a good question! I'd like to think it is. Uh, they're just incredibly impressive at the moment. Uh, Leicester are. Um, I I'm a, primarily I'm a rugby fan, but I, I also have a t- uh, Leicester City season ticket as well. And you know, I think with the injuries they've had and how they've performed. Uh, in recent games, has just been nothing short of remarkable. And uh, I think you've got to give a huge amount of credit to, to, to uh, Brendan Rodgers, um, who's obviously a very sharp, very great tactician. And before one of the games, I can't remember which one it was now, but he, he actually told the interviewer how they were going to play. I think it was the Arsenal game. And he said, right, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do that. And we've thrashed them 1-0. was uh, <laughs> It was it was fantastic. So they've been great to watch. And, um, you know, uh, who knows? I mean, I think they've got three or six points more now than they had at the corresponding time when they won the Premiership in 2016. And uh, who knows? Um, but it's a very competitive league, isn't it, at the moment? Very competitive indeed.
2: Well, there's, um, there's somebody who, uh, uh, who went to school in Shepherd's Bush. Um, my allegiance is, uh, unfortunately, with Queen's Park Rangers who aren't, who aren't enjoying quite the same success. But that said, I, I have to say I, I really enjoy watching the city play, and I think it's actually good for the city of Leicester for Leicester City to do well. I think a you know successful sports team can um, you know can sort of invigorate and and, and pull a city along with it. And uh, I think that's what happened last time when they won. I think it's happening happening again this time, and it is a is a ray of sunshine in in, in otherwise potentially quite dreary lives. So uh, yeah, I've been I'm enjoying their success. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, I hate to say as a as a staunch Forest fan, uh, I do quite <laughs> like watching Leicester, and I've even paid for BT Sport so that I can watch some of the City games. But we, we, I'll edit that out. Don't worry, nobody will hear that. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it was the the, the, the the quality comment for uh, about Queens Park Rangers was um, I see Queens Park Rangers have lost again. How do you know that? Oh, it's five past five.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's all too true these days. But uh, I live in hope. <laughs>
0: Indeed. Uh, well, on that note, Paul, I'll save, you, I'll save you from this conversation. I'll move on to other matters. <laughs> Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, well, you know, right now it's the 12th of November and we're still in this second lockdown. Is this the same for you as the first one or is it a little bit different in any way?
1: I think, I think it is a bit different, to be honest. It seems in, in a strange way a little bit more serious. So for me, I think it seems a bit more serious. And I think because it's gone on so long, particularly obviously with the cessation of of Masonic meetings, or at least the cessation of masonic meetings with any great interest in terms of doing proper ceremonies and having proper festive boards afterwards. But obviously with the news yesterday uh, about this um, uh, vaccine that's uh, due to come out, and you know, I think that's obviously lifted everybody's hopes, uh, particularly Freemasons who think now that we can get back together sooner than we expected, maybe only a couple of days ago. So um, who knows? I mean, the thing that bothers me about it, the, the, the vaccine is this incredibly low temperature, this minus 80 degrees that it has to be stored at to give it a decent shelf life. I mean, there's only a handful of, of, of refrigerators around and they're mainly in universities and, and in medical establishments that go down to minus 80. So I kind of wish I was in the fridge business. Because <laughs> I think it'd be, instead of selling glue, it'd be nice to sell fridges that go down to minus eighty. I'd make an absolute fortune. It'd be nice
2: to be in the liquid nitrogen business, wouldn't it?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely yeah. that as well. Yeah, apparently I mean, I,
0: I've been in cremations all in Leicester when the tip, when the heating's not on. I think that's true <laughs> <So minus 80.
2: laughs> that I could probably do it.
1: Yeah, I hope Gary's so, listening to this.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question about the difference in the lockdown. I mean, personally, I, I'm, I'm not finding it that different. Um, I think you just get used to it, don't you? After a while, and we've been, you know, sort of, sort of self-imposed lockdown very largely anyway, just to, uh, you know, just to try and keep away from people. But Masonically, um, this one's a bit easier because most of the, for, from what I do and what Tim and Richard do, um, my, my the, the, the lads who help me out, it's very, very similar, same sorts of questions as before, and most of the secretaries now have mostly got the advice and they uh, know what to do uh, with the suspensions um and uh you know the implications for for not not having meetings so it's a bit easier actually in that sense masonically speaking um but um we'll just have to wait and see i saw an article yesterday on this temperature thing apparently that um you can store it for the the last five days before you use it in a standard refrigerator so hopefully you know they'll, they'll sort of be bringing it in at minus 80 putting it in ordinary fridges in surgeries and then using it within five days and now, that might make it a bit easier, but I agree. It's, it's a heck of a cold chain, minus 80.
0: Clever people doing this type of thing. I mean, f- for me, the lockdown is, is a little bit different because you know, we've got kids that live at home. And, and and last time they had to be away from school and stay at home and we had to do homeschooling. But now the schools are still open. So it's a little bit more normal for us, but but only just a little bit and I, I guess there was a bit of a ray of sunshine a while ago and lodges will have started to make plans for uh, a return in some shape or form. And then we have the rule of six and the, and then, you know, perhaps that will change and more we'll be able to meet. This has really been scuppered by, well, first of all, by the tier system because Leicester has been in tier two or equivalent for such a long time. And then Charnwood going into tier two, and then by the national lockdown as well. So, you know, h- how are we helping them to navigate this? And, in terms of what they can and can't do? Because it's a bit of a minefield, isn't it?
1: Well, it is, really. I, I mean, we've been at it, I suppose, continuously, as I think everybody's probably sick of hearing us say, that the, the comms team, and Paul and I particularly, have been on this daily since March. And uh, what, what we've tried to do is is try and keep people in touch and, and and really encourage our members to get in touch with their friends and their and their, and their fellow Freemasons, particularly those who are... Live on their own and are, and are, and are more vulnerable. Um, but what what we've done now is we've um, we've now really tried to insist that that lodges now we're back in into the season as it were back back in uh, as in uh, from September. We really tried to encourage lodges and almost try and insist that they have Zoom meetings on their lodge night. We'd like to think they have Zoom meetings at other times as well during the month, but certainly to have. Um, uh, some sort of obviously it can't be a Masonic meeting because we're not allowed to do that um, by instruction of UGLE, but certainly to have some sort of um, you know agenda which we've, we've given them some advice of what we think could be on the agenda for discussion uh, and for them to meet on their lodge night. And um, you know, that is something that we really hope they're all doing, and, and we've also tried to encourage them very strongly to invite any potential candidates they've got to join those Zoom meetings. And my mother, Lodge, Humberstone, has, have definitely done that. And we've had uh, uh, our uh, potential initiate on every Zoom meeting so far, which is great. And of course, as you're both well aware, and, and a lot of others are aware, we, last night we held the first initiate Zoom So we had a uh, we had nearly fifty people on the Zoom last night, talking to them, uh, trying to you know obviously trying to keep their interest, and uh, you know there were some super brief presentations by the team. Um, to tell them, you know, what's, what's going on and what will be going on when we're able to uh, initiate them properly with a proper ceremony, followed by a celebratory festive board afterwards. And clearly at the moment, we don't know when that's going to be. But as I said earlier, uh, hopefully that's going to be sooner than we would have expected, maybe a couple of days ago. So uh, that's what we're trying to do, to keep people encouraged, to keep people together and to keep people doing the Masonic thing, the, the fraternal thing of supporting each other and encouraging each other and keeping everybody interested.
0: What about the sort of administration side of things, Paul? I mean,
2: you mentioned your team and... Yeah, I think, as, as Peter said, what we're, what we're really trying to, to, to do is, is to make sure the communication stays good, you know, not just with all, well, with all the brethren, obviously, on the bigger pictures, but also with the of secretaries. And I think what will happen as circumstances change... And as we move from lockdown to not lockdown, from a tier system to no tier system, from six people to 30 people, whatever those stages are, we will just keep people informed at every stage, along with the first risings that come out from UGLE, which is also pretty useful. And we'll just say, okay, now we can do this, now we can do that. And then we will give, after con- consultation with others, we'll give guidance on, to, on the best way we think they should do it. And it may well be, that, you know, in a couple of months' time, three months' time, and uh, you might not be able to have festive boards at your, you know, where you are, but you may be able to book a room in a hotel or a, a restaurant for 30 people that might be in the rules in, in, in two or three months' time. And as that comes out, so we will inform secretaries and all the brethren as um, to what we think uh, they, they, they should and shouldn't do. And we'll continue to give support if they're not sure what they can do, which is part of what we've been doing. Lots of people aren't sure what they can and can't do, so they ask us and we try and give them the the information they need to, uh, to make the decisions.
0: Those listeners that are members, um, in particular in our province, will know that this time of year, coming up to the end of November, Provincial Grand Lodge, and, and for those that aren't members that are listening, Provincial Grand Lodge, we, we hold once a year. We hold it in our headquarters in Leicester, where we get several hundred Freemasons together, and the Provincial Grand Master chooses his team for the coming year. And uh, after that meeting, we'll sit down to dinner as well. That's supposed to be the end of November. We're still in lockdown and plans keep changing. So how has this lockdown affected your plans to hold that? Because I know it's a bit of a logistical challenge to organise at the best of times.
1: Well, it well it is, but I suppose conversely, it's uh, it's not so difficult this time because we get at the moment we only have six people involved. That's if we could have it, which, as you all know, we can't at the moment. So it is a bit of a goalpost moving exercise. Uh, Paul's obviously been at the front of this, uh, trying to get the um, the administration done and sending out summonses uh, with a view to a meeting in X Masonic Hall, and now we're probably going to meet in Y Masonic Hall. And at the moment, we can't meet at any Masonic hall. So yeah, it is a bit of a nightmare. But um, but we have to have provincial grand lodge. It has to be held in whatever form. Uh, we can't do it on on Zooms, for example, or any other way. We have to have it in 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 a room. Uh, at the moment, with only or oh, however it pans out, There's just six of us. So um, yeah, it has been a bit of a, a difficult one. We uh, at the moment we we've, we have got permission though from uh, London from UGLE uh, to. Have the meeting outside the 12 month normal gap. In other words, if it goes beyond 12 months, then that's fine. I mean, you have it's part of my pattern that says I have to hold an annual meeting every 12 months. Obviously we're not going to be able to do that because we're going to go at least into early December before we can possibly have it because of the government's current lockdown. So that's okay with you, Jelly, they understand and uh, sometimes, you know, uh, we have to go outside the book of constitutions because there's no part of the book of constitutions that mentions pandemics. Uh, not surprisingly, I suppose. But anyway, the, what, what we are going to do though, which we'd always plan to do, which will go ahead, is we to try and involve all the Incoming and outgoing provincial officers. Uh, we're having a zoom for all those brethren on the uh, the night before what would have been provincial grand lodge. That's on the 26th, so Thursday the 26th. So Paul sent out the invitations to that, and we hope that. Uh, Most of the incoming and outgoing uh, Provincial officers will join us on that evening Um, Nothing too formal Just to thank them very much Those that have served And of course those who have served In this current um, uh, list of officers have, Have only had sort of four months at it As I have as PGM Or active PGM Or going out PGM visiting of the lodges uh, since they've only had four months of it from November to to March. So uh, it's been a very difficult and disappointing year for all of them, as well as actually for me personally.
2: We've got contingency plans for another meeting of six. I'm just putting that together now uh, in the next uh, day or so. And then um, early next week, we'll send an email out to all the brethren telling them that, uh, well, obviously 27th of November has been canned. And telling them where and when it will. We're planning to go next, um, but of course, you know, who knows what happens in mid-December? Um, we could be in a, another situation. So watch this space. Emails will flood out
1: to tell. <laughs> yeah, to tell you. yeah, more emails. More
2: emails.
0: More emails. Well, also, this time of year is you know we're well into meeting again. Most lodges start meeting in October, or in all or around then, and we're well on the way to collecting monies for for charity, which which we do every time that we meet. So how are we going to manage the, that this year, seeing as we can't meet? I mean, we're not putting the usual fiver or teno into, uh, into the pot at the end of each meeting.
1: Well, that's been one of the great challenges, uh, Richard, to be honest, and, and, and it's been something that's been taxing our minds almost constantly since the cessation of meetings back in March. And, uh, you know, as, as hopefully everybody knows in the province, you know, I'm blessed with a, a very, very good team around me, including you two. Um, but also with, with, with Dale Page, our uh, 2022 Festival Chairman, Phil Caswell, Chairman of the Leicestershire and Rutland Masonic Charity Association. Of course, our provincial armada, David Heighton, all of whom are part of our, our comms team that, uh, that everybody knows has met weekly since March. And, and this has been, as I say, quite taxing for us to, to try and keep the flow of money. Uh, coming in during the times we 're not meeting, and um, there 's been a lot of uh, a lot of great effort put into this, and, and a lot of brethren of the province have donated um, in one way or another either through texting the five or ten pounds or, or through the backs uh, payments which we 've promoted very heavily in our bulletins, which have gone out, and also several email messages um, so that has been pretty good. It's not as good as I'd like it to be, um, but it's been pretty good. And, um, you know, we're we're now working on on a QR code um, because the the essence of this is to try and make it as easy as possible uh, for brethren to donate. And we're going to um, introduce this QR code so people then can donate whatever amount they like uh, directly through a QR code or or those who... uh, who, who want to continue to use the BACS payments like a normal BAX payment you would uh, for paying anything else out of your account, uh, or indeed just simply for those who, who, who need to just send a cheque to London Road. So that, that's that, they're the ways that we're pushing hard to try and keep up the payments um, or the donations rather to uh, the 2022 festival and of course the, uh, uh, the Leicester Masonic Charity Association.
0: Talking of raising money, next year we've planned for several big events. We've got the Sportsman's Dinner, we've got the Marching Masons in in and around Easter time and the Summer Ball later on in the year. Who knows what's going to be going on in the world? So what are the fallback plans in case these can't happen?
1: Well, in terms of the, the Sportsman's Dinner... Um, the plan is for that just to move continually backwards. In other words, we can't have it in March, we'll have it in April, we can't have it in April, we'll have it in May, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've got that that penned in or penciled in rather with the Tigers where we're holding the dinner. Also with uh, Roger Dakin, our MC, and of course our star speaker, Kevin Keegan. I mean, they're all aware uh, of the situation of course and uh, and uh, they have promised that they will roll it back. Clearly they're not taking any bookings at the moment because they don't know when they can do whatever anyway so hopefully we'll steal a march on that by rolling this backwards on a monthly basis. So that's the sportsman's dinner. The Marching Masons well who knows about that I mean it it's probably, um, probably going to be a bit of a challenge because of the Ramblers Association issue where people aren't allowed to walk in, in big groups for, for obvious reasons. So we've got to look at that carefully. But if we can't do it over the Easter weekend, uh, then I think that one of the ideas that you had, Richard, or, or came through um, the committee that are running the Marching Masons programme uh, to have it over two weekends, So to have a Saturday and Sunday and and maybe a couple of weekends apart so we can have the four days March Um, over two weekends rather than one so that's the plan for that the ball I don't know we'll just have to see with that Uh, there are other ideas I mean that the um, 2022 festival committee working really hard not only on those sort of provisos but also uh, on other other activities that we we can bring in before 2022 uh, to try and add to the uh, the total that we're trying to achieve
0: now, we, we must be building up quite a backlog of people wanting to join Freemasonry, I mean, not just in Leicester and Rutland, but around the country as well. How are we managing to retain their interest and keep you know, the right levels of communication going? Because you know, their interest will have peaked, they would have applied to have joined, but, but they can't join. So what are we doing to keep this going?
2: Individual lodges, I know, uh, because I can speak for my own lodge, are including the prospective candidates on their own Zoom meetings or some of their own Zoom meetings, depending on what they're going to be talking about, obviously. So um, that's going, I think that's going pretty well. I know of lots of lodges that are doing that. Also, as Peter mentioned, we did have a uh, potential initiate Zoom meeting last night, nearly 50 guys on it. Um, That was really good. Brief, punchy presentations from half a dozen people then a very good q and a section afterwards where they asked i thought personally i thought they asked a whole range of very pertinent very interesting and quite probing questions uh, they seem to be a very uh, you know very high ability intake um, group uh, which is very encouraging as well um and i think that's the main thing we can do i just think we all you know proposers and seconders you know, or uh, sponsors as they're now called um now, the individual lodges and the province just need to do everything we can to keep their interest.
0: I think it's easier these days than it would have been some years ago with technology. So, you know, we're not just working on email. We've we've got social media. We've got Zoom yeah. calls, as you say. Um, one, one would have to fear how this would have worked 10, 15 years ago.
2: I don't know what I mean. I've, I've had that speculation, you know, with family. Um, you know, you don't. You, you know, we all know we can't see our families as often as we want to at the moment. Now, what would we, what would we have done without WhatsApp and Zoom? You know, it, it's so, it, it, and it's not the same as seeing them personally. Obviously, but at least you can see them
0: better than nothing.
2: Indicate. Um, so I don't know what uh, if all this, if all this, uh, if all these rules and regulations for lodges if that was all all being done by letter. Um, I think I would have probably been 23 hours a day. It would have been difficult. No, thank goodness for social media. It and there's not many people would ever expect, expect me to say that. I'm not a biggest fan, as you know. Uh, but um, no, but uh, yeah, I will say it now publicly. Thank goodness for social media, both, both Masonically and personally.
0: What about other provinces? Um, I mean, both of you in particular, Peter, you're involved in the regional communication group of six. What are they doing that we could learn from?
1: Well, as you know, and I think a lot of the brethren will know from, from the messages we've sent out and from the bulletins, that the, the RCG6 group meets regularly. That's the PGMs of our neighbouring provinces. And uh, a, a lot of things that we've done um, to keep things going, to keep the pot boiling, if you like, have come from uh, those uh, ideas at those meetings. And of course, the, the other provinces have taken some of our ideas as well. Um, so, I mean, the initiates... A meeting which i referred to and paul has just referred to again that was an idea that came out of the icg6 uh, discussions and uh, i mean the all sorts of the quizzes were other ideas that came out the um the nuggets um you know the uh, agenda for lodge uh, or for zoom lodge meetings all, all those sort of things either come uh, from uh, from us to other provinces or the provinces to us and of course from the comms committee our committee that meets weekly and uh, that's where all these ideas come from so um, been really really good to keep in touch with with those other pgms and and of course their their issues are all the same as ours Um, you know as they are all over the country I mean masonic meetings have uh, have not taken place or or, or masonic meetings of any substance have taken place at all Um, so we're all in the same boat really so uh, hopefully uh, as we've said uh, it's not going to be for much longer god willing
0: As a a lodge secretary myself, and the rules and guidance keep changing, as we've just been talking about, what advice would you give to those secretaries who are struggling to know what to do and how to advise their own members? Perhaps they're sitting at home or sitting in their offices, thinking, "I just don't know what to do next."
2: Um, Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you've asked that, um, Richard, because it comes back to one of my main communication lines that I've used throughout the entire. I think it was getting on for nine months now, isn't it? Eight months. Which is to say, if you don't know or you're not sure, for goodness sake, ask Ask us. There is absolutely no prohibition on contacting um, me. I always put myself on offer first. I know the other guys would be happy to as well, but I always put myself on offer first. My mobile phone number is available. Um, everybody knows the rules, I think. Not before 9am, not after 9pm, and preferably not on weekends, but no problem if you need to. I will be very happy to talk to anybody about any issues that worry him. I don't want any secretaries sitting out there saying, I don't know what to do or being embarrassed. I can tell you some of the questions I've been asked, you would think crumbs. You think you think he'd know that. But that's not the point. He doesn't know that. He needs a bit of help, a bit of guidance. And once you, I find once you steer, start to steer people down the right path, they very quickly pick up. Now, yeah, where they should be and where they should end up. So, communication. I mean, we try very hard to communicate with everybody else, the, the, the brethren and the secretaries. I'd love to think that that could be a two way process. If you have a question, please, you can phone, home number as well. You can write into provsec at PGLS. The inquiry will be picked up. Loads of secretaries do. And Tim and Richard Sutton, uh, Tim Dixon and Richard Sutton, uh, as well as myself, pick those up and deal with them. Um, it's getting easier because obviously we've dealt with a number of similar questions many times now, so that it's getting easier for us to, to, to give the answers. So that is the answer. If anybody's struggling or not sure what to do, do not be embarrassed to ask. It will not be a silly question um, because if you don't know the answer, it's quite a silly question, is it? You need to know. So, you know, please don't feel embarrassed or shy. Just pick the phone up or send the email. We will deal with it as quickly as we can can't guarantee same day response always, although we try to we will deal with it it will be it will be heard
1: yeah I think that's spot on paul and i, I think that the as you said you know there's no such thing as a silly question it's just a question that, that the person doesn't know the answer to yet yeah. uh, and it's as simple as that All
0: right, but with Christmas rapidly approaching, what would you recommend our members do to keep in touch and and also help those that need assistance because they're quite often the quiet ones the people that we've not heard from what should we be doing
1: i, th- I think more uh, more of the same really i mean i mean just to really push hard the the message that we've tried to put out to everybody uh, since march and that is to communicate with your members particularly those who cannot or, or will not take part in zoom meetings and every lodge and every brother knows who these people are that they're usually those that live alone, usually those who are, who are getting on in age uh, and don't have the technology or won't use the technology. And, and these are the most vulnerable. And it, it, it's the same message, really, but, it, but Richard, you're quite right, even more so at this time of the year at Christmas. Um, you know, we really must do two things. We must do what I've just said. We must get in touch with those that live on their own, the the more vulnerable, the older brethren. And also we must think about the the collection, the Christmas collection uh, for Laras and for Blood Bikes uh, and also for the 2022. Um, And never has the 2022 festival been more important than it is at this time because Already, twice as much money has come back from the MCF into this province to support our own brethren uh, than, than, than last year. Twice as much, and we're not anywhere near a 12-month period yet. So, you know, that's what the MCF is about. That is what the festival is about. That's why we're trying to raise 1.8 million. That's what the festival is about, and that's what we must do, particularly at this time of the year.
0: Well, i brought up the Christmas word. So uh, what are your plans for Christmas? What are you hoping to do, both of you?
2: Very different one for us this year. One of our uh, sons and daughter-in-law, uh, she's ex- she's expecting and she's got to be in isolation over Christmas period, so they can't come to us and we can't come to them. Um, the other lot, um, they're on a cyclical thing, and it's not our turn this year. Um, so for the first time ever, we're actually going to go to a hotel Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Be a bit different for us. We've never done anything like that before. It's uh, quite a nice place, and we're hoping to... Uh, have a completely different completely different Christmas and then see the family whenever we can and then have a probably a big Christmas dinner in February or something, you know. It's um you know, do something like that. But yeah, a bit different this year. What
1: about you, Peter? Well, we're, we're, we're assuming, of course, that, that the reason for this uh, November lockdown is so we can all enjoy Christmas with, uh, I suppose, a possible lockdown again in January. And if fact, uh, opposite to Paul in one way, it's our turn this year. We, we take it in turns as well with our family at Christmas. So it is our turn this year. And we're just hoping we can have as many of the family here as possible. Uh, and like Paul, uh, my daughter's expecting a baby in January. So uh, my younger daughter. So You know, that's, uh, actually, I think it's my daughter's. The way my wife says, Sunday's acting, I think it's probably going to be hers. Um, (laughs) You know, we've got a nursery here already and God knows how many cots and changing mats and all that sort of stuff. So uh, that's a very exciting part of Sunday's uh, life at the moment. Um, So, yeah, I just hope that we can have as many of our family here as as possible or or as many as we're allowed um, uh, on Christmas Day. Uh, That's what we're hoping
0: out what about hopes for 2021 what what you what are you looking forward to and what your hopes going to happen next year
1: well i think masonically speaking we're all hoping very very much so that we can have proper lodge meetings followed by festive boards and paul and i were talking about this the other day as we do most days and uh I wonder which the first lodge will be that has a proper lodge meeting with a ceremony and a festive board, because I think they're going to need to be selling tickets. Because it's so, so long since we've all been to a ceremony and and a, had a festive board, uh, you know, by the time it comes, whichever lodge it is, they'll be queuing out the door, I think, to attend. So I might have to pull a bit of rank there, actually, and insist that I go along.
2: Just make it a team visit, Peter. So that's an easy <laughs> yeah, way to do that. Yeah,
1: that'll still get it out. Yeah,
2: just going to watch would be
0: useful because I think we've probably all forgotten what to do.
1: Well, that's another point, of course, isn't it? I mean, you know, I don't know what sort of ceremony it'll be, but I mean, who cares? I mean, we just need to get back and let's have a lodge meeting. You know, that's going to be exciting whenever that happens and wherever it happens. Of course, it could happen in any uh, any of our halls throughout the province. Uh, it'll be very interesting to know which one it is. Oh,
2: cool. uh, yeah. So you know, as um uh, as uh, my my honourable friend has said, yeah, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, personal things as well. Um, Looking forward to spending more time with family. Um, I'm sure, but you know, there's no, every single other person you would interview would say that, you know, we too are expecting another grandson, uh, we know in uh, January, looking forward to seeing him and um, looking forward to going on holiday. Actually, it sounds a bit selfish, doesn't it? (laughs) What the heck? You asked me what my aspirations were. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting on a, I'm looking forward to getting on a cruise ship and sitting on the balcony and Listening to the waves wash by, I I I, uh, I miss that.
1: I do. I agree. I do too. And uh, cruising is one of the great loves of Sunday's of mine. But you know, the thought of getting on a cruise ship with I don't know a thousand, two thousand other people at the moment just horrifies you, doesn't it? Yeah, You know, I mean, it's like when you're watching the TV at the moment and you you see people walking into pubs or you see discos in nightclubs and you think it looks really odd because it's (laughs) it's so long since we've, you know, lent on a bar in a pub. I mean, it just just seems crazy. And uh, uh, so, yeah, my aspirations are part of that as well. And, uh, you know, let's hope it happens sooner rather than later. Well,
0: I know I don't normally answer my own questions, but I'm also looking forward to this curry that you've promised the comms yes, to. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Well, not, absolutely, and yeah, that that will happen. I assure you. As soon as we can do that, we will. That will happen.
2: Uh, that, that, that's gradually pa- that's gradually passing into the mythology of provincial of Leicestershire and Rutland provincial grand <laughs> That's
0: on my whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> right now, okay. I, need, I need to call time now because we've been chatting for a long time, and we it's have, we have good.
1: Richard, before you wind it up, can I can I just take this opportunity? Uh, I know that my address is going to go out uh, very shortly um, Mm. that I would have given to everybody at Provincial Grand Lodge, and it's obviously going to be shorter. I'm sure a lot of people are very pleased to hear that uh, than usual. But uh, can I just thank you, Paul, and the rest of the comms team? Um, You know they know who they are. You know David and Phil and Dale, and also of course Brian our Deputy PGM and Andy, the Assistant PGM. You know, everybody's worked so hard and many others as well. I can't mention them all. There's too many by name. They all know who they are, but they've all done a fantastic job for us since March. And I do would like to take this opportunity to thank them all. Most sincerely, done a great job. Thanks very much indeed.
0: Not a problem. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks to yourself. And thanks to Paul for joining. Thank Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Richard. Goodbye.